When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, friends. The world got you down. Don't be sad. Listen to $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. $2 Late Fee is the podcast that celebrates the best decade of entertainment, the 1980s. We pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it holds up today. We also interview your favorite celebrities from that era. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Check us out at $2LateFee.com. My advice is flee, keep suitcases near. Vacate the premises, placate your innocence. Fate is unpretty, we embrace the blemishes. Seek these shepherds, and I only need three seconds to beat these. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Double Count Out podcast. We have been having technical difficulties out the ass, uh, but the new Zencaster seems to be doing awesome. Uh, and I have to go catch Black Panther. So, this is going to be a fairly short episode. I do want to do some quick house cleaning before I introduce our two regular co hosts. But uh, after this episode, we're going to go monthly because I have definitely overbooked my life with podcasts. So we're probably going to drop episodes either the weekend of or the weekend immediately before every major WWE pay-per-view. And in that episode will be a recap of the previous uh, pay-per-view, what's been going on in WWE, and a little thing that we're going to call Josh's Indie Wrestling Corner, where Josh can let us know about all the great (laughs) things that are happening in Lucha Underground and Ring of Honor and New Japan. And, you know, he'll give us homework assignments throughout the month of you need to watch this match, you need to watch this match. So this is going to be a short episode, but expect all of the episodes in the future to be some like pretty hefty 90 to two hour episodes really breaking down what's happening in wrestling and what's going to happen in wrestling and what we'd like to see happen in wrestling. Thankfully, this short episode is on the heels of a very mediocre pay-per-view and setting up another potentially mediocre pay-per-view so joining me as always is derek and josh derek josh how did you guys feel about elimination chamber josh go ahead um (laughs) it was such a bizarrely booked pay-per-view um it's like results aside you have your undefeated oscar and you have roman reigns who's supposed to be the brock lesnar slayer or at least you're supposed to believe it and both of those and matches, give him some, give him some respect. He retired Undertaker <laughs> until this year, <laughs> until the next year. WrestleMania. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, how are you, how do you head into WrestleMania with the guy who's supposed to be able to be a believable threat to Brock Lesnar and presumably he's going to beat him. And then the match just ended with, you know, Strowman beating five of the six other competitors and then just completely laying out Roman afterwards. It's, it doesn't make any sense because now it, the pay-per-view ended with the impression that Brock, I mean, that Braun is going to be in the match. And I don't think that's going to be the case unless 
I don't know if you guys have been following this supposed steroid scandal. Apparently, that's the reason why they booked it that way. But I've heard the rumor that right now the reason that we don't have anything concrete for Braun Strowman is that he is like sitting on the bench about to jump in if Brock Lesnar walks away and decides to quit before Mania or if Roman Reigns is not able to wrestle. Like he's just sit, which sucks because it's like, sense. oh, your most over guy in the entire company is your backup plan. But if your plan A follows through, then like what? He just wins like the Andre the Giant Battle Royale again? Like that's not what you do with your biggest star right now. It's they're so it's like they're so laser focused and determined to get Roman over that in the process, they accidentally got someone else over that actually fits the Vince McMahon mold. And yet <laughs> even, even he's like, even he's just like, all right, well, we're just going to put you in a holding pattern so that we can give the spot to Roman, even though people actually want to see you and you are one of our <laughs> creations. So we don't even have an excuse to say like, Oh, well we don't want to push them. It's just... And the same with the Oscar match. It's like, you're hyping up her, and this has been a consistent problem with Asuka. It hasn't just been this one night, but since she's been on the main roster, it's like you hype up her undefeated streak, and then every ma- almost every match she has, she just scrapes by, and then with this Nia Jax match, despite it being like the f- fourth time they fought, they try to make it seem like Nia Jax is like better than her, and she got this fluke roll-up win. It's, uh, I don't know. I don't understand what they're thinking going into mania and how they think this is the best way to get people excited for your big matches. It's, it was a very weird pay-per-view because I feel like there was a lot of fun things that happened at that pay-per-view. Like, I don't want to downplay that. I had fun. Like I thought the women's elimination chamber was very fun. I thought that the men's elimination chamber was very fun ending aside. And I loved seeing uh, Kurt Angle just suddenly become lucid for a couple seconds, and like and it was that girl. he had double pneumonia. I seriously, th- I seriously felt like that was the best part of the pay per view that Ronda Rousey Kurt Angle authority segment. Oh, it was so good! It was so good. But like, I remember, like I've read a couple people say this, and I think that it's accurate. Which is like the problem with Elimination Chamber is that it was without a doubt the most predictable of any pay per view. But it's also kind of the downside of the road to WrestleMania is that you kind of already know everything that's in the cards. So you want you kind of want it to stay predictable at that point because you don't want like this random. We're just going to change the booking for the sake of changing the booking because it's predictable, because that can also lead to like really fucking up the pay-per-view card for WrestleMania. So it's this weird like spot that it's at. And I feel like predictable is 100 percent fine as long as the way that you get to those predictable results is a satisfying way. Like the Alexa match, so, like the, the women's elimination chamber I thought was really well done in the end had set up Sasha Bailey and mm-hmm. gave Alexa a realistic way of beating two people uh, of beating Sasha and Bailey when it was essentially a two on one situation. And I really think if Strowman was going to be in that elimination chamber that he should have lost with that, like five men, shield powerbomb pile up that I way agree. Make, I agree. and then he making me make roman look more dominant the rest of the match instead of having roman like stroman just control the whole thing that's the only and that's like the thing i was talking about that with some co-workers i i feel like as much as i appreciate how big of a push braun is getting in the sense of he now has and probably will always have the record for the most people eliminated in an mm-hmm. elimination chamber like that is a 
a cool thing to like throw on this character. Well, in but, a normal elimination chamber match, that would be every other competitor. It was yeah, just it was but, seven men that he didn't win. <laughs> but like the flip side of that is save that shit for next year <laughs> and just have him get the five man pile up elimination. And, and like, cause I think none of us are shocked that Reigns won. Like we're like, yeah, no, we knew that Reigns was going to win. But I remember when it came down to just him and Braun, I was just like, oh, no. Like, <laughs> just like, no. Like, this is not what to do. <laughs> and I, I think this was this was the first, this was one of the first times, I think, where I, like, at the finish, I was like, like, because I, like, you guys know, like, I don't dislike Roman. Like, I'm like, this guy works really hard. He has good matches. Like, I don't see why everyone hates him so much or or it, or what it actually seems like is, like, one week they hate him and the next week he gets cheered. I mean, I guess that depends on where they are, but, but that was like, like for a moment I was like, okay, Braun, like Braun's going to do it. Braun's going to win. Like they're going to, they're going to trick us all. Like, uh, (laughs) and then, and then I was like, or if Roman wins, like they're going to have to, he's going to have to do something big. He's going to have to do something like really different and creative. And then it was like fucking spear. Like, 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 I wanted to, how much better, how much better of a story would it have been to have Braun eliminate it? first by mm-hmm. that five man pile on and then have the final two be John Cena and and Reigns and you can you can still continue this story of John Cena needs to figure out how to get to WrestleMania mm-hmm. but you're also building Reigns as like the guy who retired the Undertaker the guy who's keeping John Cena from going to WrestleMania like that to me is a better booking for Reigns overall and you're still protecting Braun versus just having John Cena get eliminated by Braun, which doesn't have any real storyline implication to it. And then also having Reigns beat Braun, which also has no storyline implication to it. Like, but it but really yeah, just had it was, no storyline. Yeah, it was it was one of the first like Roman finishes, I think. And like when it's interesting because, you know, we see oscar and oscar is so dominant and almost every oscar match you know ends with like a like an arm bar or something or an oscar lock and uh it's fine but then like like roman match ends with some sort of uh superman punch spear combo and i and i feel like i've always been fine with it but in this match it was just like because i feel like there was a lot of there were like as as mediocre or like the match was just fine like the rest of the match but it just seemed like there was there was some big exciting moments and then to just end it with that just felt just felt cheap yeah and (laughs) And it just felt like oh like oh everyone is like everyone's right everyone online they're they're right like they're right about everything like that was my first moment i was like okay i understand i'm glad you brought that up because i was actually gonna say the same thing i was gonna say derek if you because you've asked before like you that you know, to explain why people don't like him. I was going to say that was like a textbook example because a lot of us has been going through this for like five years now. Yeah, they, that was the first moment like like that. It was like almost the first the pay-per-views always end, I feel like, on a quite exciting note. And and it's only been two years for me. So it's still all exciting and I still enjoy almost all of it, I feel like. Yeah. But that was kind of one of the first moments where I was like, like, come on. And, like, yeah, Jesus. And it was just the way that it was done. I think in that final five minute stretch, he just hit like four Superman punches and two spears. It wasn't even like uh, yes, yeah. exciting back and forth. And this is, and I, I don't know if I mentioned it on this show or not or just off air, but I feel like I need to go back and watch the Brock Lesnar Roman Reigns match from WrestleMania uh, 31 again because I was mm-hmm. there live and that match felt like the most boring shit I'd ever seen until mm-hmm. Rollins came out. But everyone online says that it was a great match. But 
mm-hmm. in all honesty, I just remember that match for the large majority of it being essentially that Braun Strowman finish where he was just hitting Superman punch after Superman punch. And then occasionally he'd shove him into the corner and then he'd hit a spear and Brock would kick out. And then Brock would just do mm-hmm. a thousand suplexes and F5s and Roman would kick out. It was like, it was like playing against someone on button mashing on SmackDown versus raw. It felt like it was just, <laughs> they're both doing the same thing over and over and it was boring as shit. Like, and that's why I'm really not looking forward to that main event at mania either mm. because i here's, don't expect much here's why people defend it though here's why people defend it and i do want to get into like a few there because there was a few positive things that were happening on raw at the very least in the last two weeks um one of the big benefits i think with a brock versus roman reigns match and i don't know how well this was clear in a giant stadium depending on where your seats were but they definitely make real physical contact with each other, which mm-hmm. makes there feel like a sense of urgency. Like you watch that first match televised, and you can tell like, oh, they're fucking laying these punches into each other. Like Reigns, Reigns busted open Brock a couple times in in that match. And it was like, okay, that's pretty cool. Like that was like, like it was cool just to see like, I I always one of the things I like about Brock is when Brock's in a match with a guy who's not afraid to also throw real punches. It mm. it gives a, a better feeling of authenticity because bouncing back real quick to the women's elimination match. Jesus Christ. Absolution is struggling to make anything look authentic <laughs> in the ring. I mean, they were both so, called like, up so early, though. That's the problem. I mean, they yeah, were they yeah. were obviously expecting Paige to carry that group. And it's like it's not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, that because has, has because really they're the Sonia. I, I I feel like Sonia's pretty cool though. She's got a cool character, and and I was not into her to start, but I feel like she's definitely grown on me in the time she's been on Raw. Mandy got better. I like Mandy more just from her appearance mix at match the mix match. Oh, yeah, that's like, fantastic. She was so charming there. I'm like, just make that character on Raw, and we're fine. Yeah. But I will say, and I I think most people have been saying this. Reigns absolutely cut the best promo he's ever cut on Monday. Uh, this past Monday on Monday, oh, yeah. <laughs> Monday Night Raw. Um, still very painfully, clearly a a work and not an actual shoot. But uh, I think it was, it was the it was the first time that I was just like, all right, yeah, like he's getting. And it seemed like it was the first time that he actually was able to get a crowd behind him. And that mm-hmm. crowd was in Los Angeles, so that's impressive. Yeah, <laughs> I just I like, love to. I like I love the moment just talking about how I mean dedicated he is, which is obvious, but like talking about how, you know, Elimination Chamber is in Vegas and Lesnar is even in Vegas, but he doesn't show up to the pay-per-view. He is out taking photos with Dana White like that was just like a cool like because because, yeah, there was like Dana White posted that photo and everyone was like, what? Like what the like? Why? Like, why is it happening? So to, to come at that head on. Uh, I feel like was a good move. Um, it was also like, yeah, like fuck Brock Lesnar. Like it was, it was just, like, hey, it was just a great. I've been moment. on that train. Great I've been on that train for like ten years, so it feels, it feels good <laughs> to see people coming around. But the funny thing that the, the asterisk on Reigns getting cheered during that promo is that apparently during the dark match afterwards he got booed out of the building. So I think they were just, I think they were more just cheering what he was saying and less who was saying it. Like we approve your message, but not your person. Pretty much, but <laughs> but I will. Uh, I was just gonna say too that I mean, no one knows what's the deal with Brock for sure yet. But everything that I've read so far is essentially just saying that when he took that picture with Dana White, that someone in booking had the idea of having him not show up, and now the 
narrative mm. to try to get Roman cheered going into Mania is going to be that Brock hates wrestling and doesn't care about it. And Roman is the mm. guy who's passionate about it. And they're hoping to turn the Mania crowd so they can cheer him when he wins the title or whatever. So we'll see if it works. Uh, but I was going to say the other big thing is that two weeks ago, uh, pretty much immediately after we recorded, we got to witness what I would argue is the best Raw match I have seen in a very long time with the two-hour-long gauntlet match that absolutely went out of its way to remind the world that Seth Rollins is the fucking man. <laughs> and I feel like it worked. Like, I, I've, I've always, like, since I started watching, I've been a fan of Rollins. Um, but lately... Prior, you know, prior to this match, it just felt like he, like since he came back almost, or shortly after he came back, and shortly after the Shield reunion failed miserably because shit just kept going wrong. Um, it just felt like he felt unfocused, and and then and yeah, you're totally right that that match was a huge reminder of like, holy shit, this guy is talented, and this is what this guy can do, and and he's been on fire ever since. Yeah, like no, it I, feels like. like- like I saw him in the the next week. I saw him at a house show in Vancouver, which was a lot of fun. But he he, you know, it was him and Finn Balor versus the Bar. And as sick as I am of seeing Finn Balor with versus the Bar, like <laughs> it was a fantastic match, and it was the best match of the night. Uh, house shows are always a blast because you can get like those great combinations of like weird weird combos that you would never get to see on TV. And that always, I, I love seeing house shows. Dude. I, I think cause I've been to one SmackDown um, and I've been to several house shows at this point. I feel like house shows are so much fun and it just like, like you can see it's almost the same feel as you get watching like, I, like the mixed match challenge. Like it just looks like they are having fun doing it um, much more so than they do on raw or on SmackDown or on a pay-per-view. And it's like, like they're just like they're doing each other's moves and they're like there's uh there's so many more like comedy spots which are like they always seem to get a reaction um you know there's like it's like almost every match there's like a like some sort of dx taunt uh it's just so funny like uh i i don't know i like the smackdown that we were on it was interesting because we were right we were in like the second row but also it turns out that there's like cameramen always in front of you blocking your blocking your view when you're like that close on the floor and so it was like oh like i'm just gonna stare at this cameraman's ass for two hours but uh on a house show obviously you don't need to worry about that either and uh uh, it was it they're they're a great time it's that was the so they had not been to vancouver um, for a number of years. And then back in June, they did a, a SmackDown house show in Vancouver. And then so soon after that, do it, did a, a raw show like seven, eight months later. Um, b- both of which had great crowd energy, both of which I think um, they had sold probably seven, 8,000 tickets, um, which I think is pretty decent for a house show. Um, so I'm hoping at this point they are testing the water for potentially some sort of TV taping. Cause I think the, I read the last one was in like the early two thousands, um, which is so long ago. Uh, and I feel like I'm watching it like, like when I watch weekly, it's like, Oh, every, like every third week, it's like, Oh, we're in Los Angeles or Anaheim. And I'm like, fuck you, Josh. Jackson. <laughs> I didn't even, I didn't even go this time. <laughs> I was like, I had to work. So you're like, it's, it happens so often. You're like, Oh, I'm not even excited. Anymore. <laughs> well, I mean, we, or like, every, we got, we got SmackDown in Philadelphia. Like, well, I mean, we got SmackDown TV at Staples center and SmackDown TV hasn't been all that exciting lately, but Hey, you know, the, mm, the plus side, which is, 
<laughs> that makes me so upset that SmackDown is just do just so boring right now. It was for so long. It was the better of the two shows. <laughs> totally, yeah. And then the superstar shakeup happened. When I, I read some, yeah, I read yeah. something that says that they're aware of it. I don't know how they couldn't be, but <laughs> that they're aware of it and they are planning some major like drastic changes changes uh, in the short term. Um, they could start by getting rid of those I graphics. Those I was going to say but... the positive of being there live is I wouldn't see cages close around the Usos every time they said lockdown. <laughs> are they still doing that i feel like i haven't seen that in the past like it it popped up for like a few weeks and then it kind of disappeared i think i didn't see it's it awful i didn't see it's it for the usos so, but I, it's yeah so dumb. like i didn't see it for the usos but i still remember seeing like text like on certain phrases did you, did you see john yeah, they're cena doing as part of, of the bludgeon brothers this oh week? yeah <laughs> that's weird hey maybe well, well since the bludgeon brothers are likely uh, getting a tag team match maybe that's his path to wrestlemania there you go. Just still freebird the smack the SmackDown tag titles with, with the Legend Brothers. Guys, I don't I don't think you're taking it seriously enough. John Cena might genuinely not have a match for the first time in four, in fifteen years. That is for the first time. Except 50, for... how old were you years ago? Like that is more than half my life. Yeah. What will he do? Which is funny though because that's the narrative right, they're so... spinning. But he wasn't on. He didn't have a match like three years ago. I think because he was injured. So. Yeah, he just popped up. He popped up and uh, pinned Bray Wyatt with The Rock for like 30 seconds. And that was his entire <laughs> WrestleMania appearance. Um, all right. So talking about how SmackDown is not doing so great. Uh, they also have a pay-per-view that no one seems to care about that's coming up next week. Uh, currently, only four matches announced again. So once again, if you ever need evidence on why the dual pay-per-views, every pay-per-view are necessary, uh, we don't know what to do. Because we've got six people in the main event, and that's about the entire roster. <laughs> so uh, we've got so we've got Charlotte Flair versus Ruby Riot uh, for the Women's SmackDown Championship. I don't see any way that Ruby Riot walks away with the belt. She, I, and I um, don't see either. But I, she's fantastic. I, I like. Do you? What do you guys think of I her? I think she's really good. Like, I so I'm a little spoiled because uh, Ruby Riot was one of the top people in Chikara mm, for years. Uh-huh. So I've I've seen her live hundreds of times uh, okay. pre- previously to being her her being Ruby Riot back when she was um uh oh god what was her name something Lovelace Heidi Lovelace uh and I think that she is super talented like I think that she is very very good at what she does uh but I I don't think I don't think that she's big enough to be the person going into WrestleMania with the oh, championship. No, just, yeah. Especially with as soon as, I mean, as recent as it's been since she was called up. Hi, friends. The world got you down. Don't be sad. Listen to $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. $2 Late Fee is the podcast that celebrates the best decade of entertainment, the 1980s. We pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it holds up today. We also interview your favorite celebrities from that era. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Check us out at $2LateFee.com. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Um, what I was hoping would have happened by now, and I feel like they've taken way too long to get there, so it's never going to happen. Uh, I would have loved for Ruby to have kind of been revealed as like 
Paige's like secret, like like almost like Paige's like assistant manager. You know what I mean? And that the Riot Squad and Absolution were kind of one of the same. Because mm. then it would kind of explain why they literally have been writing <laughs> the exact same storylines mm-hmm. for both yeah. from the start. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Just, uh, it's and just I mean, copy and pasted. Uh, on yeah, on the note, why not have she can do it? Like Paige isn't. Paige is injured. She's not doing anything. Like, why not have her bounce between both shows mm-hmm. as like this secret manager of it all? Yep. No, definitely. Uh, and that would give Paige more to do at this point. You know, it's. I wish that they would confirm rumors or something, but it seems like they're just they're kind of stringing everyone along. Although she seems to be, you know, if in terms of following her on social media and stuff, she seems to be very positive at this point. So. You know, either hope either she's grown up a lot since her last injury and since her, you know, kind of her last breakdown uh, or hope or hopefully it's not as serious as as all of the Internet rumors have led us to believe. But um, it would be nice at some point to get some sort of clarification on things like that. One thing I was going to say, though, is it because it seems like they've you know, they obviously brought up these new um, trios like the same week, I think. Um, but do you guys think that we could see because it's there's it seems like there's a lot more potential tag teams now in terms of the women um do you think that with the brands kind of coming back together for for pay-per-views after wrestlemania do you guys think that we could see some sort of women's tag team uh championship i feel like the only way you could do that is that you have to you have to make the women's division like the women's belt a singular belt you know what I mean? Like, yes, I, yeah, it would not be a Raw and SmackDown. It would be something I would, I, yeah. I could see as like only coming to pass at pay per views, and kind of, can, kind yeah, of like going I, between brands as as different people win it because there's not enough women to to have two. There's barely enough women to have one. But I feel like we're getting at the point we're getting to the point where where with everyone coming together for pay per views in the future, I think that it could be handled, and I think that would make. I, I, I just think that would bring something to the to the tag team matches that we always seem to get with the women. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just think that everyone could benefit from their literally, and not just with the women, I think a singular mm. tag team mm-hmm. title, a singular women's title, and have those champions be, uh, I mean, they're using the phrase free agent, which is not the correct <laughs> phrase for what it is, but <laughs> have them be these free agents that can bounce between yeah. the two shows. I, I um, think that we should see a singular men's, like in terms of the men, we've got the tag team championships and then we've got the Usos and the New Day just, just feuding forever because that has been fire like since it started. Yeah. And every time they get on the mics against each other, it's just like unbelievable. And it's crazy to leading see. Perfectly, <laughs> leading perfectly into the next match. The Usos versus New Day is the match that I'm most excited about oh, at Fastlane. And I'm even more excited for when that becomes the uh, WrestleMania match because both of those teams, I mean, the Usos flat out said it, and it's true. They have never been on the main show mm-hmm. of WrestleMania in their like nine year career mm-hmm. with the company. And they have been better now than they have ever been. They deserve that WrestleMania mm-hmm. spot at least once. And I think the New Day is the team for them to go up against. It's crazy seeing like like I in my couple of years of watching, I've not seen a turn do so much for characters as I have for the Usos. Like it just seemed like like when they were the, you know, the painted play hard in the paint, like I thought they were cool and they were talented, but it, it nothing ever happened with them and nobody ever seemed to really care. Um 
but as soon as they made this turn, it it like they're so popular now. Like the amount of day one ish shirts that you see in the audience, like it's insane. Uh, you know, like I have one. I'm, Michaela has one actually. Um, but I would totally get like one of those hoodies. Like it's great merchandise, and they've done a great turn with the characters themselves. Um, and now it's like it's to the point where when that music hit, like it used to be when that music hits, it was like oh, like it was those like blow off matches where you're like oh, I'm gonna go refill my drink or something and now it's like that, that is what you're watching the show for uh and it's super cool they they deserve yeah, it. it's almost as if if you let the wrestlers bring out their own personality and kind of let them do their own thing that <laughs> you know things that things get better that's ridiculous that's not yeah, true you, at all i'm like spreading when, those what, lies who was it who was on <laughs> raw this past week josh do what's his name josh dumel and yeah like his uh that was smackdown was yeah smackdown, and someone uh yeah. someone online brought up how in the segment that he was in his acting was terrible and he's a professional actor so then you're constantly expecting these non-actors <laughs> to deliver deliver this terrible scripting properly <laughs> it's i my heart broke for fandango i believed i believed him <laughs> Um, so then the next match that we have set up on Fastlane is we're looking at Bobby Roode versus Randy Orton Uh, until Bobby Roode's a heel I don't really care I want want Randy Orton to win just so he gets his Grand Slam championship notch on his belt and then that way maybe it can be a catalyst for Roode turning I have a feeling the the way the storyline's been going is that Jinder's going to get involved it's probably going to turn into a three way at Mania or something and can we talk about the stupid top ten for there a second? It's like, just what a it's waste! Like, uh, I was just gonna say, oh like, my god, like, what is the storyline oh, behind this match? Is it's like Jinder was like, hey, Bob, hey, 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 Randy Orton, Bobby Roode said you're stupid. Like that is that the storyline <laughs> like, behind this no, match this, right now? Like this is this is the storyline behind this match already, and this is a super throwback. But if they did this like ten years ago, this would be what the match would be. Hey, Randy, did you see that Bobby took you out of his top eight on MySpace? What you gonna do about <laughs> it's that? Such a stupid, <laughs> like, for one thing, what's up with the top ten? They made it sound like it was gonna be like a weekly voted thing, but it hasn't changed since the first week. For one, yeah, like one, two, yeah, they said yeah. it was supposed to be somewhat. It was supposed to be whoever the um, wrestlers thought deserved an opportunity the most. But like number one is AJ Styles and number three was Charlotte. Like what else? What other opportunities can they get? They're champions already. <laughs> and then now you have a storyline where Jinder Mahal is all like, Haha, Randy, like and then Randy's hilarious because he's literally like, I don't give a shit about the top 10. And yet Jinder keeps trying to goad him into fighting over it. And he's like, hey, Bobby, did you see that Randy only or Randy? Did you see that Bobby didn't have you in his top 10? And then then Bobby's all like, Ginger, you're not even in the top 10. And then. And then Jinder acts all like appalled, like he didn't realize it until that moment. And uh, it, like it just, it just feel, like it just feels like this should be on like like Degrassi or something. <laughs> Actually, I think it's too immature for hey, even a preteen Drake probably would have been a better actor than a lot like, of the people. It is horrible. Like this, <laughs> yeah. Oh, it is. It is. It's probably so, one of the worst like setups and storylines in recent memory and since i've started and this watching is a mania, and this like, is a mania season storyline too it's not just some it's like fair. throwaway summer yeah. or like springtime pay-per-view we're like heading into mania and we're likely gonna have mania implications for it's whatever last, however this turns out pay-per-view. it's it's horrible <laughs> <laughs> it's depressing um so 
that leads us to the only other announced match at this time. Now, again, this is coming out a week before the pay-per-view, so there's always a chance that they just fucking throw together some garbage or just announce it the day before. Both of those options have happened. The day of, I think, is what happened at at, uh, Elimination Chamber. It was like, oh shit, we only have four matches. Like, let's put these guys, let's put let's put uh, Titus Worldwide in a match, and the Mizturage. Um, but we have a uh, just the rest of the rosters fighting each other. <laughs> like that's all that we have. Uh, we have a six man match between AJ Styles versus John Cena versus Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn versus Baron Corbin versus Dolph Ziggler, which like. I'm not going to complain about the overall talent that's in that match, but I feel like that is just going to be such a shit show and it's going to be impossible to follow. And I, I mean, if they dare take that belt off of AJ Styles, if, if they have the audacity, uh, I, I will mean, be so angry. There's, there's still one more week though. So I think we could still get a superstar or two more in there. I mean, I, for one, am, very, very excited for uh, the rematch between Ziggler and Nakamura at Mania. After that backlash match, it just blew the you know blew the roof off the place. <laughs> the only the only thing I could see yeah, is because is... it's not a, it's not been made in an elimination chamber or sorry in an elimination match at any point like at this point has it? It's just one so, one yeah. fall. Yeah, yeah. So I, the only thing yeah. I could see is like like for instance if either Kemi Kemi oh, Kevin or Sammy <laughs> I said Kemi uh, but Cam yeah Kemi that didn't really last did it that, that's kind of stopped at this point uh, but Kevin or Sammy if one of them lays down for the other um, I could see that happening but I could definitely I would definitely see AJ getting it back before Wrestlemania at that point though yeah, I mean, I just that's where your money is. You're forcing us to watch another Brock Lesnar Reigns match. You gotta give us the the Nakamura versus Styles match. It's only fair. Um I I just feel like someone so so Sam Roberts pointed this out, and I kind of in the back of my head was thinking this, but like I'm glad he said it and but I'm also miserable that he said it because it's one of those situations where someone fantasy books an idea that's so fucking good that you're genuinely angry that they're not doing that storyline. But he was like, he's like, why in the hell are, are Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon giving Dolph Ziggler another title shot? He got the universe. He got the United States title and then he left it in the middle of the ring with no explanation. No one's asked how that, why that happened. What was the reason? It's just a thing that happened. And now he's up for an even bigger belt. He's like the storyline that 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 should have happened. He goes, should have been that they're like, no, Dolph, you don't get another title shot ever. You you have you have fucked this up. And it's like the only way that you earn a title shot, you are at the bottom of the you are at the bottom of the ring right now. You are the least important person to us. You need to beat every single SmackDown champion, uh, every single SmackDown wrestler. And that is the only way you get a title shot. And if you lose a single match, you are never mm. getting a title shot again for as long as your career is. He's like, do you know how invested you'd be in every one of those matches with those implications of like, he's got to win this one or he's fucked. Like, he, he's like, you would get Dolph Ziggler over again because people would be cheering for him. Like, I'm just more confused about how he's apparently a babyface all yeah. of a sudden. Yeah, they. I mean, it sucks, but I, it sucks because I don't, it was one of those things that just like happened one day. One day, 
SmackDown went from like must-see TV mm. and then there was like a bad episode and you were like, well, I mean, everyone has a bad episode <laughs> once in a while. And then the bad episodes just kept happening and they never stopped. And Yeah, and all the while they just continually did not put their most over guy on TV. Yeah. It was, oh, with, with like, did you see how Rusev Day Chance they broke out so during the Bray loud. Wyatt Matt Hardy match? And then it happened again. It happened again <laughs> during the main event, yeah. I think, as well. Yeah, and this is the horrible thing too. Like the second that happened, I was like, "Well, Rusev's fucked. Oh, They're gonna blame yeah. him for this yeah. somehow." Hey, remember when everyone was chanting Rusev Day and Shane McMahon said, "Note it," and then you didn't see Rusev on TV for like three <laughs> weeks, <laughs> and then he still didn't get a match this week. <sighs> Uh, so i mean is anyone excited i mean all of the smackdown stuff will be all of the smackdown stuff will be worth it when uh when daniel bryan gets back in the ring right that's gonna happen that's happening yeah at at all (laughs) in apparently uh so yeah is anybody (laughs) even remotely except like i'm gonna watch fast lane but i i'm actually this is the first pay-per-view in a really long time where part of me feels like hey if someone invites me to go out and do something else on sunday like i i mean (laughs) <laughs> I'll, yeah. I might say yes. like I, I'll just watch it when I come back and I can fast forward through the bullshit like it, it just it is Elimination Chamber at least had me moderately invested I have so little investment in what happens at Fastlane right now and that kills me because I've been like team Smackdown since the brand split and they have just really mm-hmm. ruined so much of it and they've got such a te- like the thing that's the most infuriating So so it's two things Thing number one that's super infuriating is that it is hard to argue against the fact that this is, in both Raw and SmackDown, the most talented roster they've ever had. As far as just overall people who play incredible characters, people who are brilliant wrestlers, people who've been doing this for years. Like The fact is that Elimination Chamber had seven incredibly talented people inside of it the the fast lane match has six incredibly talented people in it um but it's just it's just there it's they're not doing anything with it now i'm hoping (laughs) because i'm not sure if you guys have been watching 205 live but like the change in that show in four weeks of just giving it over to triple h is fantastic so i'm i'm hanging on to this hope that the XFL just continues to take up Vince's time and Triple H gets his hands in more and more of these shows because that dude has such a good brain for booking. And I, I'm not even the biggest fan of Triple H as a person, but I cannot deny that you watch NXT, you watch the Cruiserweight Classic, you watch what he's done in just a few weeks on 205 Live. The dude knows how to book wrestling that's compelling and unpredictable. And that's what we need more than anything right now. I, I commented during the show uh, to Megan that I think Triple H put uh, gave more offense to Ronda Rousey than he gave to Sting. So <laughs> I just just completely unrelated aside, but, um, but yeah, like I I have no interest either. And to be honest, the way of Mania shaping up, aside from AJ and Nakamura and the tease of a potential final deletion at WrestleMania mm. between those like. And the way everything's panning out so far, like I really don't have any interest of that, in that either, which is sad to say because I'm usually really excited for Mania every year. But the thing too is that I'm just wondering. Yeah, and not like especially with like Undertaker and John Cena apparently being a main major match. I'm like his farewell was so perfectly set up last year. Mm. It just 
completely ruins it. Not and not just that, but I'm really not excited to see Undertaker wrestle anymore because they're saying that he's mm-hmm. in really good shape right now and all that. But yeah, they said he was in really I've good shape last the, year. Yeah, they say that I've read every that year. after the hips. <laughs> I've read that after the hip surgery, he's moving better than he has in years. Yeah, and so because like, did you guys watch the did you guys watch the 24 uh, episode for the last WrestleMania? No, I didn't. I, I it's fantastic. Though. Those like that series. If you're not watching it, like it's so well done, and it 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 just shows so much of what happens backstage and everything like that. But that's probably aside from things like Breaking Ground and stuff, which I is so old now that like <laughs> I wish they would do more. But 24, I think, is the best current series on the network. But they it just seemed like he like like they show actually him coming like when his his the the platform he's standing on lowers down and he just looks like really disappointed almost and it just seems like he he i think was not happy with his performance and i wonder if it's like the send-off was perfect like the send-off was fantastic and i i don't know how they'll be able to have a send-off work again as well as that all worked but if if it's something where he's just not happy with where he left it and it, he like, it could be him wanting to do it for himself. Like if he is feeling like he is more capable and he can put on another great match, um, like I'm all for that, but yeah, I don't know how they would be able to like, I don't know. Like if they do this, a similar thing, like if this is the last year, or if next year is his last year or whatever, like, I just don't think it'll have the same, like it was like Roman pinning taker, right? Like it just didn't have the same effect. The streak was already broken. Like it was just another thing at that point. Um, yeah, and, I can and see the it being whole whatever whatever send off he actually does get, but but yeah, twenty. I would definitely recommend watching yeah. that that twenty four and every single other one because it is phenomenal. It's a phenomenal series. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, I feel like the whole catch to the Reigns match last year wasn't even as much that Undertaker lost as it was that he was retiring, which made it worthy of the WrestleMania main event spot that it got, but. Like I mentioned, like this year, he's coming back and that just undoes all that. Not to mention that now there's really no reason to care if Undertaker wins or loses because he has no streak <laughs> and he retired once and he came back a year later. So, yeah, uh, no, I mean, weird. it'll be interesting to see what they do. Um, but yeah, there's not a whole lot that they're lining up that I'm particularly excited for this year. Uh, I'm I'm kind of excited on this past week on Raw's implication that we might get a triple threat match between Finn Balor, uh, Seth Rollins, and The Miz for the IC belt because I that think that that's fantastic. going to be a good match. Like that's going to be a good match. Yeah, Someone the- playing Pac-Man. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's Megan's game. Okay, uh, uh, <laughs> I was like. I I I hope it's not that 40s radio again. The ghosts are coming back. <laughs> um, I I feel like what it like whatever ends up happening with like if Rousey ends up facing Stephanie and there's also rumors of um you know Triple H and The Rock being involved. Uh, I feel like that sounds entertaining as hell. Like I don't think it'll be good. <laughs> Excuse me. I don't think it'll be good, but I think it'll be entertaining as hell, and I can't wait to see more of that. And and like the the contract signing on Elimination Chamber was like way cooler than I anticipated it being. Um, yeah, I'm excited to see what they do with her. Like she's uh, she she needs to work on her acting a little bit. Uh, is what I've gathered from the past uh, few the past week. Um, but- I think but, I think even from Elimination Chamber into Raw, she had I, gotten better. It, like yeah. she's well, not. I, I could see it was. I could see it at Elimination Chamber. Like she just looked overwhelmed with the response that she was getting, and 
And I know that res- like like wrestling has been something that's been so important to her for so long, and and w- you know her relationship with the the Pipers and everything like that. Like I I could like it just legitimately looked like she was crying out of like excitement, and and that's gonna you know that's gonna falter your performance there. But um, I'm excited to see what they do with her because it is something where this is a huge signing, and this could I think bring in a lot of viewers that potentially would otherwise never tune in. Um, and if they handle it right, it could be huge for the company, but it's, it just remains to be seen what they do. Um, but that, that, this, this, that elimination chamber and this last raw, I think that was a great start. Um, a better start than I would have imagined with the way a lot of things have been going for a lot of characters lately. Speaking of characters that did really well on elimination chamber, that Elias promo, I thought too, was such a highlight of the show. I mean, Elias is like just killing it there's very little that elias can do that i'm not in love with which is crazy because i couldn't stand him in nxt uh but i think that this is a good point to stop because i have to go see black panther uh so we will be back in uh, approximately a month uh to talk about wrestlemania and and see if josh has come around to wanting to watch it or or if he's just going to find something else to do celebrate rex manning day since that's also april 8th uh so tune in we'll be back soon uh you may notice that we're no longer on soundcloud uh that's because soundcloud costs way more than it deserves uh so find us on itunes if you're somehow hearing this episode somehow that isn't itunes Uh, and we will be back in a month uh where can people check out your stuff guys now, I'm on all social media at Enu Joshua. Uh, I'm at D Cranavelt on uh, Twitter. Uh, you can find some stuff on Geekscape.net. Josh and I are also part of the Geekscape Games podcast. Uh, yeah, there's also a great Geekscape uh, flagship podcast that you should be checking out uh, every week. Uh, and I have more podcasts than I know what to do with. Uh, so you can just find me as at St. Mort on Twitter, and I'll usually be tweeting about uh, all of them. Uh, thank you for I listening, think, guys. I think you just need your own podcast, like like the Matt Kelly Network. I think you have enough shows <laughs> that you could release an episode of a show every day. Probably. I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. <laughs> anyway, guys, we will be back next month. Peace. Bye. Hi, friends. The world got you down. Don't be sad. Listen to $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. $2 Late Fee is the podcast that celebrates the best decade of entertainment, the 1980s. We pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it holds up today. We also interview your favorite celebrities from that era. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Check us out at $2LateFee.com.